0: You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that smells like moldy cheese and death. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gourney.
1: Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. El- Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like
2: the main character. That's right, welcome to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney Podcast. My name is Dave Barry and I'm joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Guys, week one of college football is in the books. Uh, We had a surprise game last night with LSU and Miami. Uh, Nick Saban does not appreciate being asked about his quarterbacks. Uh, So a lot to get into. Uh, Mike, I'll let you kick it off uh, with your biggest takeaways from the weekend.
0: Well, let's talk about Saban first. He apologized to the reporter. I think her name's Maria Taylor. Um, he was a little bit short. He's getting tired of these questions, but I wrote today and it's on the front page of rivals. He's in the wrong profession if he doesn't want to be asked by this quarterback. When you don't name a quarterback as your starter, you're gonna ask that you're gonna get that question asked over and over and over again. Um, you know, he's trying to make sure Jalen Hurts doesn't transfer, that's clear. To a tag of Tagavailoa. Tonga Viloa. Tonga there's no T U N G in there, bro.
1: Hey, what can I say? That's how he pronounces it.
0: Tua Tonga Valoa is—he's uh, <laughs> the man. Jalen Hurts is the backup. It's clear one player is better than the other. It's clear the offense runs better with Tua in charge. But he's still doing this. We're not going to name a starter. Blah 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 blah. It kind of annoys me, and I thought he was very rude. And people—I love people on Twitter who say the media doesn't matter. If there was no media, fans would not get any coverage of anything. And I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about like television media. Like, right. how would you watch a game if there's no media?
1: Well, not only that, uh, you know, Alabama wouldn't be getting millions of dollars from ESPN for television rights and and all that kind of stuff. And Nick Saban wouldn't be making 11 million dollars last year. Um, you know, just be professional. It's it's just easy. The only people that would defend Nick Saban in that situation are Alabama fans. He doesn't need to yell at anybody. He's a, he's a grown man talking to a grown woman. People don't yell at each other like that. Only football coaches yell at players like that who make no money, and he makes $11 million coaching a football team. So what he did was ridiculous. He called her the next day and apologized. I'm sure it was a heat-of-the-moment thing. He's tired of talking about his quarterbacks, but it's blatantly obvious he should start talking about his quarterbacks and just say Tua is his starter. He's the better quarterback. He's the one that runs that offense, and it makes Alabama really scary because for years Alabama was just a game management quarterback, run the ball, beat teams like that. But now you have an explosive offensive quarterback who can move the ball and make plays, especially against you know with that defense included. Um, It's you know they're they're a pretty tough team now because they can score points pretty quickly and then have a defense that doesn't let anything happen.
0: Well, the other part of it too is he doesn't want to say anything negative about the quarterbacks, but he could still answer the question without saying anything negative. You know, both guys are tremendous quarterbacks. We got one guy who helped us win the national championship in the second half of the game last year, who has a tremendous amount of talent. Another guy who's 26 and two as a starter has led us to two national championship games. It's a tough decision. Obviously, we like both guys, but at this point, my QB one is to. Uh, like QB two is Jalen Hurts. Well, back. of
1: course. I mean, there's 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 quarterback you know battles going on in camps all across the country, and and people name starters, and it's not that hard. And Nick Saban's the smartest guy in the room, just ask him. So uh, he could be able. He's, you know, he you could fi- he could figure out a way to say it delicately where he's not going to offend anyone, and that's, impre- that's in that's impressive because he doesn't seem to be scared to not offend other people. He yells at a woman on ESPN uh, asking a question. Uh, that, that wasn't even a question to, to rip Jalen Hurts. It was, what did you see from both of your quarterbacks tonight? And so he just wanted to go off about something and yell like he always does, and it really kind of gets tiring after a while.
0: Well, I know the Idiots fans got on somebody last year, I forget who the sideline reporter was, who had to ask the question of Scott Frost, you know, what about Nebraska? Right. It's their, it's their job. If they don't ask that question, you're not doing your job. So Nick Saban has a job. The reporters have a job. Until you name a starter, they're going to ask the question. When you name a starter, guess what they're not going to do? Right. They're not going to ask the question anymore. That's why Dabo Swinney handled his situation perfectly. And uh, I think Nick Saban needs to take a, you know, a little chapter out of his book on how to handle the media. But, you know, whatever. He can be Mr. Grumpy. He can be, you know, whatever he wants, just like Harbaugh was after they got beaten by Notre Dame and looked like garbage. Um <laughs> You know, if you want to do that, if you want to build Belichick and treat the media like crap, that's great. Um, it's just annoying to me. So that was, that's the off-the-field takeaway. On the field, Alabama looked great. Yep. Um, you know, Tua looked amazing. They look scary. They're clearly, to me, the best team in the country. Um, clearly, Mike? But, clearly. Who's number two? Clemson. Clemson's not so bad. Yeah, but they didn't beat a quality Power 5 team like
1: that yeah that's true i mean
0: they're good don't get me wrong and they've got two very talented quarterbacks they've got an embarrassment of riches on offense and defense but i still think this alabama team i mean when's the last time the alabama offense was this potent
1: i know and that's scary because all those wide receivers are pretty much new i mean jerry judy played last year but calvin ridley was the guy and tua has played a half of the football game and they already look this smooth Najee harris is getting more involved damian harris is involved uh, you know, wide receivers, plenty of those guys too. Was doing his thing. Young and wide receivers. Yeah, too. yeah. It's it's really an impressive group, and for them to come out and, and Louisville's not uh, you know Clemson and Oklahoma, uh, but they're a pretty decent football team. For them to come out and just kind of wipe them off the table so easily and so quickly, it was pretty impressive.
0: And they've got good wide receivers in the secondary, which is all new. Handled everything fine. Yeah. Um, the defense looked good. Um, You know, defense is going to start coming together. It's sort of a younger defense where a lot of guys are, you know, getting their first true experience at leadership and things like that, and uh, once the defense catches up to the offense, which you've never heard about Alabama before, um, I think they could be scary, so not really seeing anybody beating them.
1: The thing that came out of that game, which I thought was kind of hilarious, was Oh, Bobby Petrino's on the hot seat now. You know, it didn't look like a good team. I, I read a bunch of that this weekend. What are you worried about with Louis? You have a new quarterback. You're coming off of a, of a season or two, couple seasons where one of the, you know, maybe the best quarterback in program history, one of the best in college football history, Lamar Jackson, was there. Now you have Juwan Pasco in Alabama and, and trying, trying to win that game. I mean, it was an impossible task. So Louisville fans should calm down. Bobby Petrino's a fine coach for your program.
0: So let's go through my amazing article of shame versus shine. Uh,
1: shine versus shame, okay.
0: You, you want to you focus on the shine first, Alabama's offense?
1: Yeah, let's always talk uh, positive first.
0: Tua, uh, I mentioned. Auburn's defense. How good did they look against Washington, especially that front seven?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that was kind of the thing going into that game of why Washington wouldn't be able to move the ball and score, and they were held to a lot of field goals there. Front seven looks absolutely phenomenal. That they have depth, they have speed, they have power. Uh, Washington is hardly you know uh, a bad team. They're probably I thought they actually kind of looked impressive in that game, kind of a top ten team uh, in, in that game. And so that front seven looks phenomenal against Washington's offensive line.
0: I put Jonathan Taylor in there because some uh, some of the guys in the Heisman mix struggled in Definitely. their first game, like Bryce Love and others and he had a very good game. I put the Clemson quarterbacks, Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence, against a crappy team for sure, but they certainly both look good. And Trevor Lawrence's debut, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you know, three touchdowns. This is everything we've been expecting, and I still think he's going to win that job like this season.
1: Yeah, I said uh, I said a couple of weeks ago that we'll learn the most about who's going to be that quarterback this week. texas a- They go to Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M blew out Northwestern State or whoever in their season opener, and Clemson got Furman. So um, we'll see this week how that quarterback situation is handled. It might be the same as last week. Kelly Bryant goes in for a quarter or so, then Trevor Lawrence plays, and um, we'll see who who kind of delivers in College Station this week. And I think whoever does maintains the starting job until they struggle, and then they could put somebody else in.
0: And the fastest team in the country on offense is? Georgia. I know you. I know you didn't read my, off, but uh, my article. I have
1: it. I have it right here. Uh, Georgia. Yeah,
0: this Georgia. They looked so fast. Um, not on defense. They look good on defense for sure. But again, it's against a horrible team. Uh, but offensively, with Demetrius Robertson joining that group, yeah. Uh, Nicole Hardman and all the other guys—they look so fast. I'm not sure Oklahoma could be right in that discussion as well. Uh, Clemson can be in that discussion as well. Alabama can be in that discussion as well. But Georgia's speed really impressed me in the first
1: game. And I don't even think Terry Godwin played, right? Or if he did, he was injured. Um, let me look at the box score. That was one of the games that really didn't interest me. The Georgia Austin P game. After you said Austin P no. was going to get peed on last week, it,
0: they did get peed on yeah, for a got, great height.
1: There was a tremendous pee going on there. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Terry Godwin. McC- Nicole Hardman, DeAndre Swift, I think James Cook got a targeting call, so that will be interesting to see how that happens moving forward. And then Justin Fields got in the game and threw a touchdown pass. So um, that offense, you know, those mighty mites that you can get the ball in, in space and let them run, it's kind of impossible to stop. And we're not going to learn a whole lot about Georgia from beating Austin P. I think South Carolina could make it a little interesting this weekend, but I think Georgia has far too much for South Carolina to hang with them.
0: And by the way, just to interrupt, targeting is crap. It's absolute crap.
1: All right, that that Sorry. targeting call in the Miami LSU game was clearly targeting.
0: It's targeting. He used his face mask. He didn't use the crown of his helmet.
1: He he put his head down and put the crown of his helmet into the into the kid De Anderson's face mask, and then you saw De Anderson's face mask like like smush right into his mouth.
0: That's life. That's called football.
1: Oh, God. Here we targeting. Go. There was another one where,
0: I forget who it was, slid. I forget what game it was. I watched so many games this weekend. but yeah. Somebody slid. Someone came in. And there's no way to tell what angle the guy's going to slide at and where his helmet's going to be. And he got booted for targeting. I'm not sure if it was the Michigan-Notre um, Dame game or if it was an earlier game. But that it was crap. Yeah. It's just so subjective. You could replay it all you want. But there's no way for the defensive player to know unless he's coming in. Listen, I'm all for targeting if he's coming in mowing the lawn. And right. by that I mean he's just coming in with his crown of his helmet and head down and he's going helmet to helmet. That's the helmet to helmet rule in the NFL wasn't a bad one. Still is in existence, I guess. But you know, this this the thought that Bandy knows exactly where his helmet's gonna be as opposed to Dee Anderson, who was getting hit from behind. So his helmet was was none of that plummeted. matters Mike
1: bound you can always lead with your shoulder though if his shoulder pad hit his helmet like that, it wouldn't have been targeting he he, oh, he dipped in like he was a friggin bird shooting to the ocean. I mean it, you can't lead with your head now now the yes. penalty for targeting is a little severe. I mean that was like on the third play of the game and bandy's out for yeah, the rest of the, the game, game. he I should make maybe a quarter. Is. I mean, that is I didn't ridiculous.
0: Know you were, I, didn't, I didn't know you were such a snowflake, Barney. I had no idea you were one of the one of the snowflakes that...
1: How dare you, you say know, that?
0: How dare I? I mean, <laughs> targeting's garbage. It's ruining football.
1: It's not ruining and, football. And everybody who watched... Everybody watched football that watched football before. No one's not watching football because of it. But I do think the penalty for targeting is a little severe.
0: Well, it's... it's First of all, get rid of targeting. Let them lead with their helmet if they want to lead with their helmet um that's life you sign up for this rough sport of football you may be sipping your meals through a straw that's just the way it is you know go play tennis if you don't want to get hurt right no that's not right dave berry dave berry dave berry's a snowflake too
2: why do you say that just because i live in california
0: yeah
2: that's it yeah connecticut is where the tough people live
0: it is. No, I... Northern Connecticut is where the tough people live. Southern Connecticut, a bunch of rich snowflakes, but northern Connecticut... Why don't you go
1: antiquing or go look at the leaves a little out. bit?
0: Listen, I live about 25 minutes from the hood that Aaron Hernandez grew up in, so Oh yeah, watch Br- out.
1: Bristol's real
2: tough, too.
0: Yeah, watch out. What do you think, Dave Barry?
2: I'm I, I'm actually with you, Mike. Uh, I mean, it it's, it it's hard to know what is and what isn't when they don't... You know, like in the Washington game, uh, they didn't there was a cl- one that was totally clear that should have been uh, targeting but they don't call that so i uh, I don't like it because like you're saying you can't th- these these decisions are made in a split second you can't know where uh, the offensive player is gonna be when you when you go into tackle so I don't like it. If you hit face
1: mask to face mask, it's not targeting because then you don't know where the offensive player is going to be. You have to dip your head and lead with your head into his face mask. Everyone knows what it is. Every player <laughs> knows that you don't dip your head. It's simple as that. I I,
2: I agree with that. I don't I, think I, Bandy I think, dipped his head, the, honestly. Right. There's times when, when they, they call it when that does not happen, and so it goes into the gray area of, of intent.
0: It's awful. It's horrible. Gordy's right about the punishment part of it, but football was much better when you could hit a wide receiver across the middle of the field, and that's the NFL, and when targeting didn't exist because that was just ridiculous. The fact that early in that game that kid's gone because of an inadvertent uh, targeting call because there was no way he was trying to kill the kid. He just wasn't. He was just coming in to assist on attack tackle. And the kid's helmet happened to go low because he got crushed from behind. And Bandy just happened to hit it.
1: That is so. where it becomes a real problem because you start teaching your offensive guys to start going low. And uh, and a defensive guy can't really do anything about it. Um, that's where it becomes concerning because every ref out there can't wait to call the targeting. So, um, you know, you teach your guys to – you see it in the NFL preseason all the time, like, I'm going to make a tackle, and the guy just goes low, and immediately my face mask is where his head is. You know, So that that is something that needs to be addressed. But I, the bandy one was clear as day targeting.
0: Whatever. Let's move on. We're not going to agree on this one. Ohio State's offense looked great, 77 points. They could have dropped 100 if they wanted to. Dwayne Haskins with five touchdowns looked awesome. They rushed for five touchdowns. They threw for five touchdowns. I think that's the first time that's happened against a Power 5 program. In a decade, so they looked good. Uh, we'll get to the defense when I get to the shame part of things. Kyler Murray was impressive. Yes. Uh, very efficient in the passing game. We know he can run, but I was very impressed with how efficient he was in the passing game, how he looked as a passer. Notre Dame's defense, did you think Jerry Tillery was going to be this good? You
1: know, I never thought that Jerry Tillery was going to be this good, but he is, I want to say, an unstoppable force, and Michigan's offensive and awesome. line is is so pitiful, so sad. Shea Patterson's running around for his life every single play. And big, tough Michigan, you know, Jerry Tillery's getting in there every play. He was very, very impressive. Even after he went down with cramps, I think he came back in and kept dominating.
0: Yeah, and Coney's awesome, too. Yeah. He's a headhunter, and, you know, he's all over the field. So the Notre Dame defense looked amazing. Brandon Winbush looked good. The stats, as far as completion percentage, weren't that great. But um, overall... I think he looks very impressive to me. Um, you know, he looks a little different. He's, he's got his capability, he can extend the play, he can run, but now he's keeping his eyes downfield when he's out of the pocket, and that's a difference from last year. Uh, the USC freshman combination of JT Daniels and Amon Ra. I, just, I saw someone pronounce his name different now, Corny.
1: You know, I, everybody's name is different. It's Malik... Amonra. It, Amonra? No, it's, it's Amonra, Malik Rozier. Like, it's
0: Amonra. Well, Rozier finally corrected everybody.
1: It's Tarad but, Taylor.
0: Amonra. was the first time I've heard that.
1: No, I don't I, I don't think so. I mean, I've talked to everybody in his family, and no one has ever corrected me on it.
0: And you know what? Sometimes they don't. I mean, Jadavian Clowney didn't protect... Jadavion. Uh, Jadavian. Co- he didn't correct me for years and years and years, so you just don't know sometimes. But I'm on raw. Saint Brown looked awesome. Almost had 100 yards receiving. JT Daniels looked good. Um, the defense didn't look so good, but no. you know we'll give them a pass. It's the first game of the season. But those two freshmen look great. Will Greer looked awesome. 400 yards passing. Better arm strength this year than last year for sure. Um, I, he's starting to make me believe that he could be a pro.
1: Heisman
2: front runner.
0: I think he is. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming out with my list on Wednesday, and I think he is. Um, you know, obviously you've got Bryce Love when we're getting to him and shame, coming up. But um, you know, Khalil Tate, both of them had bad games. And shame
1: on Kevin Sumlin. That's he should be on your shame list. Yeah. No, he's under
0: shame. We'll get into that in a yeah. second. So, KT on Thompson. Awesome. Completion percentage wasn't great. He was like 12 of 31 or something, which is abysmal, Yeah, but he threw for like 360 yards, so every time he completed a pass, it was like for 70 <laughs> yards. Um, and it shows that they've got depth at that position. He's not going to take over the starting role or anything like that, but it shows some depth at that position, which is good for Mississippi State. They look good on offense. Sean Robinson, uh, he was dominant for TCU. Um, I think he's the most dangerous dual threat not named Kyler Murray in the Big 12, so he's good. Maryland... Uh, played very inspired. We'll get to Texas when we get to shame. Um Two and twenty-two versus ranked teams. I think since 2010, both of those wins against the the Texas.
1: Texas. back-to-back just, years too.
0: That's just embarrassing. <laughs> Texas, <laughs> that's right there. Right. Old Miss's offense, the best wide receiver. I don't like the wide receiver belt. I think that's stupid. Um, but they've got the best wide receiver. Uh, group in college football. Yeah. And they might have a running game now, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what they need.
0: If they have a running game, they can be dangerous.
1: Yeah. Um, that Phillips we'll kid see. is good. And uh, Swinney didn't play because I think he was sick. And Penniman's out with injury for the season, so forget about him. But Swinney and Phillips, that, that, that offense could be pretty potent. And Texas Tech, putting 47 on Texas Tech is not really surprising, but that defense is much better than it's been. Um, and Ole Miss still still did pretty nicely against them. The the, yeah. the trio of Lodge Brown taking some of that pressure off Brown with Lodge and Metcalf is going to be really important in the SEC.
0: Yeah, and Texas Tech's defense has improved, but it's still yeah, god it's awful. still
1: it's still god awful. And then Coach and Borley, then I
0: threw in a little bit of love for Syracuse here. Eric Dungy, did you see the numbers he put up? If you're a fantasy football guru, Cuse is loose, baby. is the man. Dude, he had like forty-two fantasy points or something like
1: that. Two hundred rushing yards.
0: Yeah, crazy. Plus he threw for like two hundred, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Crazy, and he might do that again this week. I think they're playing another crummy team.
1: Well, if you want to give, if you want to promote something, my t- my five quarterbacks to play this week, Eric Dungy is on the list because they're playing Wagner.
0: Yeah, and Wagner's. FCS so he should put up big numbers there let's look at the shame that's what everybody loves is the shame what people are waiting for shame on you Michigan State for beating Utah State by a touchdown you look horrible in overtime (laughs) I mean it's just bad that's just bad Uh, I picked them to finish ahead of Michigan but they didn't look so hot in their division Um, you know so I still think they might be a better football team than Michigan but we'll see they look bad Penn State looked bad. Yes. I mean, I don't care how good Appalachian State looks. Wasn't that quarterback a first time starter?
1: Yeah, because Taylor Lamb is gone. He um, looked like freaking Tom Brady. Very competitive football team, though. And really, I, I blame shame on the Penn, whoever's scheduling Penn State's footballs because there's no reason to schedule App State. They're an up and comer, they're very competitive. Get Kent State in there, get Akron in there, blow them out. Feel good about yourself and move on. There's no reason to challenge yourself like that week one. Well,
0: challenge, please. It's Penn State. They're supposed to be a national title contender. They should be able to take care of App State. They should have lost the game.
1: Yeah, they really should have. They really should have.
0: And that would have been just a disaster. We would have remembered that just like we remember the Michigan loss to App State. What was that, 11 years ago? Yeah. Ridiculous. So, Bryce, love. Goodbye to your Heisman chances. Bye bye. Not yet, not yet. After one game, what do you have, 20-something yards?
1: Yeah, he had 18 carries for 20-something yards, and he just didn't really even look like himself. He was not very explosive. He was dancing a little too much for what I like to see from running backs. Last year, I think he had a a run of plus 20 yards every game and I think 10 games of plus 50 yards, and he just did not look anything like himself on Friday night or whenever they played in front of 10,000 people.
0: Ohio State's defense looked horrible. Um, giving up 31 points and some big, big wide open holes to, to run between. Um, yeah, they've got some freshmen, they've got some young guys, but it looked bad. Um, you can't give up 31 points to Oregon State, even if you score 77. I'm sorry, They're just way too talented for that.
1: I give them a pass there. They know they, you know, they could have scored 177 in that game. The defense wasn't exactly motivated to go out there. But gotta uh, stay motivated, though. You gotta stay motivated. Nah, it's fine. That's I give them a pass there.
0: Uh, Jake Browning looked awful when he was under pressure. Uh, He's regressed quite a bit for the last two years. Uh, So he was a guy that put up big numbers two seasons ago. Last season, his numbers regressed quite a bit, and he looks just—he's got no clock in his head. He looked like Stidham last year. He's got no clock. In his head whatsoever, he just doesn't know when to get rid of the football.
1: Yeah, when pressure comes at him, I mean, the book on Jake Browning is that when he has a clean pocket, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country because he can deliver it all over the field. USC pressured him. He was terrible. Auburn pressured him. He was terrible. And Alabama in the uh, college football playoff game pressured him, and he was not good. So... Uh, when when you pressure him, he does not know what to do with the football, and so that's what I would do if you could do it, because Washington's offensive line in the Pac-12 will probably be the best. But Auburn's front got after him and, and made, him look, made him struggle.
0: Shame on Shea Patterson. He did not look good at
1: all. Well, how is he going to look good? First of all, no receivers care. break open. The uh, offensive line gives him a second to throw the ball. I, I would put him on shine just for having to deal with that. It's, it's embarrassing. Oh, gosh. It's not embarrassing. Shine. No, not shine, not but shy. but he no shame on him. He he did nothing shame. wrong. Shame,
0: shame on him. He's
1: got an offense. the The Michigan offense is no different this year than it was last year. Other than now they have a quarterback who can run around and make the play happen for a second longer because he's athletic. The receivers can't break open the the and and now the offensive line can't make the holes. So, uh, shame on everything Michigan except for Shea Patterson.
0: Oh please, he looks. He's not the difference maker we expected him to be, because he's supposed to be able to extend the play. He's supposed to be that guy who can create even when things break down. He didn't create anything.
1: How is it that you have Donovan Peoples Jones on your team and and like four or five other very talented receivers? Yeah, and you. Nico and, Collins. Yeah, Grant Perry. Uh, I mean, down the line, Dylan. You know, you have you have good players on that on the team, and Donovan Peoples Jones now has no touchdowns all of last season, no receiving touchdowns last season, and in one game this year has six catches for 38 yards, I think. I mean, that's just, come on.
0: Shame. I think we can at least agree upon this one. Michigan's offensive line, shame on you. You look horrible. Definitely. Couldn't, couldn't give them any time. Couldn't block for the running game. Couldn't set up anything. They just looked awful. Notre Dame's defense, we've already gave kudos to, but the offensive line certainly helped them out quite a bit. Tennessee, shame on you. You got <laughs> just absolutely pummeled
1: yeah that was that was i you know i think that's a lot of credit to west virginia and that off that offense is going to be very difficult to stop because you have sills now you have gary jennings who had like 91 catches last year and now tj simmons the alabama transfer that's three legit targets for will greer to hit and tennessee's cornerbacks are are not uh you know the best in the world their safeties are okay but tennessee got pummeled and that offense that's not going anywhere
0: well, they're young. They're very young, but I, I figured, you know, at home, stay in the game a little bit, but that just wasn't going to happen, so forget about Tennessee. They're going to have another horrible season. Lane Kiffin, you can run up the score against crappy teams all you want, but you couldn't do Jack against Oklahoma. Yep. Couldn't get any points scored. You're supposed to be an offensive genius. Uh, Oklahoma's defense isn't exactly murderer's row. We're not talking about the 85 Bears here. That team just laid an egg completely. I didn't expect them to win. I expected them to lose by four touchdowns, but I expected them to put up at least twenty something points.
1: Yeah, I was driving to my game, my game that I was covering this weekend, my games that I was covering this weekend, and following on my phone as I was flying down the freeway, which I probably shouldn't have been doing. It's not responsible. I don't recommend it. Um, but I saw it was like seven nothing. Okay, seven nothing. Fourteen nothing. Twenty one nothing. Twenty eight. Thirty five. It was like it was it was a joke and. It'll be interesting to see how that game, if if schools are gonna kind of cool on Lane a little bit, because you know there was some chatter going into that game that FAU can be competitive, might go in there and be, you know, definitely cover and be a sneaky team that can go and upset Oklahoma week one. They got absolutely hammered. They're not very good.
0: Possibly the biggest shame is Tom Herman. Yep, the second straight year they came out flat. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. And I was looking at the roster, you know, as, as people would make tackles or catch passes or run the ball. Everybody's a four-star. Yeah. Everybody on that entire team is a four-star. And I believed in Tom Herman. I'm starting to not believe in Tom Herman because Maryland is not a good football team. Um, and they lost again to the Terps. And uh, based on talent alone, they should beat Maryland by three scores. Yeah. Um, but they played down to Maryland, and the Terps were inspired, of course, you know, the death of the teammate and all that other stuff, and it was at home, but it's not like that's a great home field advantage. I mean, Maryland gets no fans in the stands, and I, I just think Texas is so much better talent-wise than they played. So are we going to wait for that again? I mean, you know, they're going to start to get their act together maybe around middle of the season. It's just embarrassing.
1: It is embarrassing. This was payback for Texas after Maryland went to Austin and won there. Um, But the the schedule, I think, really is interesting. Tulsa's coming up, okay. But then they have USC, TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma. It's not exactly uh, an easy stretch for them. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um and, you know, it was just, you know, Texas, there's so much hype around them every year, and I tweeted it this weekend, and you didn't retweet me, I don't think, but that's okay.
0: What, what?
1: One national championship since 1970, Mike. You know, this isn't exactly a national power that's unstoppable. You know, they shouldn't be losing to Maryland, and they have very talented players all over the field. But, uh, you know, they might be the third best school in their own state. they're certainly not one of the best teams in the, in the big 12 this season. So, you know, know, but, but losing to Maryland's an embarrassment. They they don't have a coach. The coach is on administrative leave for, for implementing a quote, toxic culture. They had a player die during off season workouts. Uh, The offensive, the offensive coordinator is now the coach. He was fired after one year at LSU. Uh, The, this should have been an easy blowout win for Texas, and, and Maryland will probably finish, you know, fifth in the Big Ten East uh, if those teams start playing well. So yeah, this was yeah just they'll probably right finish
0: good. four and eight yeah so four and eight or yeah five and oh seven. absolutely, and they were favored by thirteen and a half I think yeah so shame on you Tom Herman, and not Texas shame on you Tom Herman because that team was not ready to play and that's your job as a coach to get them ready to play two. North Carolina teams went under shame. NC State, they looked very average against James Madison. James Madison's a nice little team, but they looked uninspired. They did not look like they could run the ball very well. Ryan Finley is a very good quarterback, but uh, didn't look like he had too many weapons out there. North Carolina looked awful against Cal. Yeah. Um, they're going to win three or four games again this year. They're horrible. And then I'm going to Kansas for a double dip oh, as well. Boy. Kansas, I mean, how did they lose? Nichols State. I mean, come on. This is the worst. Fire him now. Why? Why wait? Yeah. Just fire there, him now. Yeah.
1: There's no chance. I mean, this was their chance for a win, and you know there aren't going to be many more chances for them. Nichols State. That that is just pitiful. Uh, you know. And, and after the game, Beatty said something like. You know, we knew this was going to be tough coming in. That's just embarrassing. That's just
0: embarrassing. Tough coming in. Tough Nickel State. Nickel State gave Georgia all they could handle, what, a couple years ago? Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, they didn't win the football game. Kansas State, 3.1 over South Dakota is also shameful. Yeah. Because a lot of teams think Kansas State could be one of the surprises of the Big 12. Well, guess what? They're not going to be one of the surprises of the Big 12. So, forget about that. Rounding it out, Illinois should have lost to Kent State. Um, Kent State's an awful football team. And anybody who tells me Lovey Smith isn't on the hot seat is wrong because even victories like that hurt. Yeah. They, they just hurt. I don't care if you're 1 0, you look horrible and you take it down to the wire against a horrible team. So they're going to be awful again this year. You know, maybe win two, three games and he'll be on the hot seat and then UCLA losing to Cincinnati made the wrong choice at at starting quarterback clearly the whole team played uninspired as usual and then finally Kevin Sumlin you have four design runs for Khalil Tate four yeah in the entire game that's just horrendous coaching
1: I watched that whole game from a Chili's after watching two or three games at the honor bowl and it was amazing to see Khalil Tate not be allowed to run i mean he sat in the pocket and then all they did was bomb the ball down the field over and over hope byu would get a pass interference and it was almost byu's strategy uh if it was it's actually kind of a smart strategy since they don't have the nfl rule uh if you're beat just hold on and get the penalty because why give up a 60 yard touchdown pass when you get a 15 yard penalty over and over and over again so uh, why they're making Khalil Tate sit in the pocket and not let him be who he is, which is run around and let things happen with his feet, and he is an incredible player when that's allowed to happen. And it's, it's just amazing that uh, you know a coach would come in and change who the player is. It's it's almost like not letting Bryce Love run the ball or not giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor and being like, well, we don't want you to get hit. It's just it's just insane. And I hope and I hope it changes because Arizona is a far better football team than BYU and, and BYU beat them.
0: So that's all the shine and shame I came up with because I wrote that before the LSU-Miami game because that game, of course, like every other college football game, took five hours to play oh. and ended late. But shame on Miami. Look horrible. They did. You just don't look like a team that's going to compete nationally at all. Um, you may win your little division, although Virginia Tech, I think, might be a better football team based on what I saw from Miami. Um, just no solution. LSU look good. We're gonna see if they're for real or not. But um, you know we talked about their early schedule. I don't know, man. They look good.
1: Yeah, they did look good. And, and you know uh, Malik Rozier, 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 whatever. He, he has no accuracy at all, and it continues. And I don't know if they have an answer for that. Nicozy Perry might get a shot. I maybe you would see Jeff Thomas suspended, right? Yeah. No. I don't know.
0: I think he got
1: suspended. Uh, Let me see. I don't know for how many games, but I think he got suspended.
0: Um,
1: You know, um, Jeff Thomas is, yes, he is suspended, yes. Um, Jeff Thomas is breaking open. Rozier sails the ball out of bounds. Amon Richards is in the end zone. Ball sails out of bounds. Brevin Jordan breaks wide open down the field. Ball sails out of bounds. You can't can't do that. I mean, that's just things you can't do. Uh, LSU looked very good. I thought the front looked great. They were a fired-up football team. I love the moxie of Joe Burrow. He's kind of got a little F.U. attitude to him that I like. Uh, Nick Brazette
0: was surprisingly good at running back. Surprisingly, because remember how we didn't like him at all coming out of high school? Mm-hmm. He set the record for state touchdowns with 141 or something like that, but we were like, made him a, a high three-star. We're like, there's nothing special about this kid. He's 6'2", 15, but he's slow. Yeah. And they made him look like Leonard Fournette.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was, he was very good. Uh, they have big, tall receivers, and Burrow, I thought, was very good. The defense was, I thought I thought the front was phenomenal. So, um, you know, LSU definitely uh, impressed last night. They, they were playing with a ton of energy the whole game, which I love to see. But Miami could not move the ball. I mean, if you, if you have wide open receivers and you can't have a guy that can get them the ball, then that's going to be a problem all game long.
0: So let's talk Michigan a little bit. Okay. We'll talk Texas and Michigan a little bit. What do you think Michigan does this season? I mean, based on what we just saw, with no improvement in the offense, I mean, are they 8-4 finishing 3rd or 4th in their division again?
1: Um, yeah, I, I would say so. The the You know, going to Notre Dame on, on Week 1 is never easy with a new quarterback, but the problems that, you know, we're... That were problems for Michigan last year. They can't move the ball on offense. They can't score touchdowns. Were the same problems, if not for, uh, I think it was a 100-yard kickoff return from Ambry Thomas. This is a 24-10 game. They scored one offensive touchdown and kicked a field goal. That's embarrassing. Uh, It it seems like Harbaugh has um, hunkered down in his offensive philosophy. You know, Pep Hamilton, they bring in Jim McIlwain uh has gone so you know you think that there's going to be some changes you identify what the problems were last year and maybe change some of them but the offensive line is terrible the receivers either can't get open or uh are running routes where they're they're just not going to get open sean crawford's not in the game for notre dame they're not picking on anybody and then shea patterson has to run around for his life so The the offense is just god-awful, and, you know, you hold Notre Dame to 24 points, you think you're going to win that game, Um, and it didn't happen.
0: And I can't see them beating Wisconsin? No. I can't can't see them beating Michigan State? No. Because it's at, at Michigan State? You know, Penn State looked horrible, but I still can't see them beating Penn State, and I can't see them beating Ohio State at Ohio State, so there's four more losses. So you're talking seven and five. Oh, yeah. And that's if everything goes well. And
1: that's if everything goes well. I mean, Nebraska, we didn't see them play because of a thunderstorm and lightning in the areas, but, but you know, I think Scott Frost is going to have that team scoring points. At Northwestern is not going to be an easy game. Uh, you know, th- this is, it's not exactly like anything's going to be handed to them other than probably Western Michigan. Uh, but, but the problem is, is if, you know, if you're not scoring points ever, the defense can only do so much, and we saw it last year, so... I don't think a receiver has caught a touchdown pass for Michigan since last year's Maryland game. I want to say that's just that's just that's like four games without a receiver catching a touchdown pass. Donovan Peoples Jones was a five-star who we loved. I thought he was phenomenal in high school. He doesn't have a touchdown pass. He didn't have a touchdown catch all last season, and he had six catches for 38 yards against Notre Dame. There are ways that you can get guys the ball. Um, and they just kind of refuse to do it, and it. And they just, they're just not a very good football team.
0: And I think Texas is lucky they're in the Big Twelve because they play USC. I, I can't see them beating USC the way they looked against Maryland. TCU is going to be a loss, probably. Kansas State always gives them trouble. Oklahoma will be a loss as well. But you know, luckily for them, they've got Baylor, they got Texas Tech, they got Iowa State and Kansas. Although Texas Tech beat them last year. But West Virginia and Oklahoma State are not easy games either. So this could be a seven and five football team as well. And then you start to question: Are these the right coaches for these programs? I mean, when does Jim Harbaugh, let's say he goes seven and five, when does when does somebody question whether he's the guy?
1: Well, it almost let's program. say he goes eight and four. Let's say he goes nine and three. I mean, is that good enough for what you're paying him and what you expect out of him? I mean, this is year four already, and are they any better from day one? And and everybody rips Brady Hoke, and I get it, and he wasn't a very good coach, and he was a little bit of a buffoon. I get what was going on, and all of those kinds of things. And Jim Harbaugh is definitely better as a coach because he coached in the NFL and took his team to the Super Bowl, and he you know rebuilt Stanford in, in the Pac-12, which okay, fine. Um, but nine is nine and three good enough in year four? Um, I think he has as many or more losses now uh, in year four than Urban Meyer has altogether at Ohio State. Um, you know That is the level of expectation. It's not losing to Michigan State. It's not losing to Penn State. It's not losing at Notre Dame. It's beating Ohio State every year and making this program nationally relevant, and right now they're nationally relevant for all the wrong reasons. As far as Tom Herman, yeah. it makes me want to go sit in a strip club with my buddy. Is that is that a, is that a cheap shot, Mike? That's a little cheap A L-
0: little cheap? A
1: little cheap.
0: Little, little cheap. Even That's if my cheap. wife so knows got... about it? <laughs> I mean, come yeah. talk, talk, talk about throwing your wife under the bus. Jeez. Even if. Um, we got one game tonight. Obviously, this will be listened to today, but also tomorrow and all that stuff. So, who you got? I got... Virginia Tech covering, but Florida State won You
1: know, I did too. I, I, th- I think Virginia Tech is going to keep it closer than people think. The defense is just too good. Um, let's see how Willie Taggart does in his first game at Florida State. Um, but I do think it's going to be probably low scoring, kind of a 20-16 to kind of game. Florida State pulls it out, but Virginia Tech covers.
0: And did anything in recruiting happen at all? No. This is the time of the year we, there were four power five commitments over the last week. It's just once the season starts, everything just slows down and stops. Um, so we can talk about recruiting on this podcast, but it probably won't be until December, everybody, because, you know, Trace Ford committed to Oklahoma State. He's a really good, solid weak side defensive end out of uh, Oklahoma, so an in-state kid for them. Jaquay Hubbard committed from Pennsylvania, a four-star offensive tackle to Virginia. Virginia landing some surprise commitments over the last few months. Michael Lois uh, from Wisconsin. He'll probably be a first-rounder because he's from Wisconsin, and we never rate those guys high enough, but he's a five-six 3-star going to Iowa, and then John Williams out of Georgia, an offensive tackle in the class of 2020. Michael Lois is also a 2020 guy, a uh, high three-star going to Clemson, who will probably end up higher ranked than that because Clemson doesn't make mistakes. Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, those type of teams, when they take a kid early, uh, it's usually us that's wrong if they're ranked too low, so uh, they usually develop pretty good. But nothing really exciting in recruiting, nothing exciting with the draft or the nfl or anything like that there were a lot of guys cut
1: how about yeah. josh allen not getting the job and nathan peterman being named the bills starter
0: yeah kind of interesting i watched josh allen a couple of times during the preseason and you don't want to talk about a guy who just killed his own career you know he he kind of mitch McStain'd himself yeah um if you want to compare him to somebody else a five-star quarterback who you know things were going okay at texas a&m i know they had the kyler murray you know, we're gonna promise that you're gonna play there and all that stuff, and he didn't like that. But uh should have stayed where he was, and uh you know, just fought through it. I think he probably would have had a better career at Texas A&M than he did at Houston. And and now, you know, now he's nowhere. But uh Quinn Blanding got cut. Former five-star from Virginia got cut by the Redskins. Did he really? I, I think didn't he, see that. Yeah, I think if he had gone to Alabama or Ohio State or. Some other program that offered him, the kid had like 45 offers instead of Virginia. I really do believe to this day he'd be, first of all, he would have been drafted instead of being undrafted um, out of Virginia, and I, I think he'd be making an NFL roster. I think it really hurt him going to Virginia. So, you know, but again, cut down day is always interesting to see some of the big names that we've followed for years and years and years, either make taxi squads, if they still call them that, I think they're practice squads now, um, or getting cut, and now they've got to go out and get a real job. And uh, that's when the emails start rolling in, Mr. Farrell, I want to get into your industry. What do you think I can do? And it would be like, uh, nothing. Eat a lot We're of queso. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get much, much fatter <laughs> than you are, buddy. You're way too What's your cholesterol? Yeah, exactly. Why is Logan Thomas trending?
1: I don't know. I saw uh, Hackenberg got picked up by the Bengals practice squad.
0: Oh, Logan Thomas is uh, tied for second in NFL history in passing yards amongst players with exactly one completion. Okay. Apparently had one completion for 81 yards.
1: How about the Giants Um, cutting Davis Webb?
0: Yeah, that surprised me because I thought he was going to be good. Yeah,
1: I thought he was going to be the backup.
0: I think... uh, I don't know, I think somebody's going to pick him up. Picking him up. And I think Logan Thomas, who's on the Bills, might end up playing quarterback there. <laughs> right, right now he's the uh, third string quarterback for for, uh, for the Bills. And I don't know. I mean, if Josh Allen gets hurt, and we all know Nathan Peterman's horrible, uh, you could see our, our, our old friend Logan Thomas, who was a five-star at one point but dropped to a four-star at the end, could end up playing quarterback a la Terrell Pryor. Back in the day, at uh, with the Browns, so who knows? We'll see what happens. But I think that's good. I think that's a wrap. I think we talked about enough games. Uh, we got zero recruiting in there, and now we're at forty-six minutes.
2: All right, are we going to do another one this week, guys?
0: You know what? I think we're we're going to try.
2: It's trending that way. Leading, Thursday,
1: yeah, leading up to the the big weekend game of games, which there are not many very good games this upcoming weekend.
0: Some stuff's got to happen between now and Thursday, right?
1: No, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll meet again.
0: Well, I mean, listen, so many people are leaving reviews that we got to. I mean, we're just in demand. The people, the yeah. people demand it. They really we'll do.
2: See. We'll see what the people want. We'll see depending on how many reviews we get this week. So uh, go ahead and do that. Go on iTunes. You can leave us a review. That helps us out. Follow us on Twitter, at RivalsMike, at Adam Gorney, and at Real Dave Barry. We will see you again this week.